Welcome everybody to Funeral Nation episode 201. I'm Ryan Felgmartin, that is Jeff the Funeral Commander Harbison, and this is the Funeral Profession's only weekly news show, entertainment, information, brought to you by CNJ Financial. The folks from Rainbow City, Alabama, I think this ad that we have is probably the best because a handshake means more than anything. Let's go ahead and run that, Ryan. If all insurance assignment companies say they pay fast and are easy to work with, why do twice as many funeral homes choose CNJ Financial? Over the past two decades, CNJ and its affiliates have served in excess of 633,000 families and funded more than $3.6 billion in assignments to funeral homes and cemeteries throughout North America. If you're tired of the hassle, headache, and cash flow delay in processing insurance death claims, CNJ's Fast Funding Program can help. Let us show you why thousands of funeral homes across America choose CNJ for their assignment funding needs and why many associations, accounting firms, and industry leaders recommend CNJ to their client and members. In every business, there's one gold standard. In insurance assignment funding, it's CNJ. Okay, Commander. Well, uh, we, we have a great guest on today. Pretty excited about it. Um, getting some insight on what's happening on the kind of public side of, of the funeral space in terms of the companies that are public facing. Um, some good information from Mr. Tom Anderson of Funeral Directors Daily. Yeah, he's a, he's a great guy. I love his perspective. And uh, frankly, I think he brings to the table what we need as an industry. Uh, sort of some common sense talk about what's going on. But you know what? The biggest news this week is uh, Disrupt Media, Inc. Hey, dude, come on. You know, I remember when you were in a basement or something, a garage, and now you're just like way up there. And just think those outfits that they said wouldn't work. Uh, I didn't see a lot of those folks on. Uh, what was our buddy up in New York? Uh, you remember him? <laughs> oh, shoot. Yeah, I put his name out of my head. I can't remember. Mr. McWeenie or something. I don't know. Who he was, <laughs> you know, you should play the song, How Do You Like Me Now? Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's a, a big accomplishment for our team. Um, you know, we've, we've grown substantially over the last few years. And yes, you and I uh, started working together when I was uh, still working out of my, my basement and was a one-man show. So uh, now we're uh, a team of 27 and we work with hundreds of funeral homes across the U.S. and all of North America. So yeah, it was, it was a great uh, honor and, you know, just really a, a testament to our team. The big bummer was the fact that we're all kind of remote. So not being able to all celebrate together except for on a Zoom call. But, uh, you know, in due time, we will be back together and, and be able to celebrate it as we should because it was, a, it was a team effort. I can't do what I do all by myself, that's for sure. So No, you have a superlative team there. I mean, I deal with them on lots of different levels uh, from – CNJ to here with Funeral Nation to other projects and uh, kudos to all you guys there. Uh, I, I love them. They're a great crowd. Uh, some other interesting news I watched or saw where NFDA did their annual consumer survey. One thing that popped out, I, I haven't seen the entire uh, report yet, 
was that uh, the reasons that people choose funeral homes. And uh, what emerged was price. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that was down around 18, 19% for the last uh, 2018 and 19. It's jumped upwards of 40% now to the number one reason uh, as far as statistics are concerned. Uh, what do you think about that, Ryan? I have a couple thoughts. Um, I, you know, I, I had a conversation with a funeral director a few weeks ago who said, hey, cremation is just eating me alive right now. We're getting calls, but we're getting cremation. And I said, well, you know, you've had us run cremation ads for the last three months uh, at a, you know, a very low price point. What you market is what you get. So if you're not making the margins on that cremation, then we shouldn't be marketing it at that price because that's what we're going to get. And so when we look at the consumer being, you know, price being a big uh, factor in why they choose a funeral home, we've made it that way. We've made it about price. You said it yourself for the last three or four years, it hasn't really gone above 18% as being a factor in the decision of the family. Yet we've continued to make all of our marketing this low cost price driven because there's somebody that does it for 695. Well, guess what? When you go down to 695, there's always somebody that's going to be doing it less than you are. So that's kind of my opinion. I think we've made it about price in the profession. And when you make it about price, you get what you market. And so the consumer is going, wait a second. You know, there's all these low cost options now. Well, I'll just go back and forth to see as cheap as I can get it. Well, we've done it to ourselves, man. It's just bad choices. Right. And the ones who are marketing the lower cost provider uh, are eating up the internet space and doing online versus, right. hey, you know what? I'll put an ad on our diner's uh, paper placemat. We've That's always right. had success there. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Don't forget the tried and true yellow pages. Uh, That's right. You remember, uh, not long ago, I wrote an article for one of the magazines and the lady just wrote me a letter wrote me a letter and sent it to me just berating me because of yellow page ads. So I'm like, sorry, she probably never seen the show. But the point being is um, it's a different world and you can't charge what, what you need to do, what you need to charge for your overheads and coverage. And so we're, I think when Tom comes on, we'll see what the public companies are doing. I can tell you they haven't backed off and going down. Right. That's right. Now, That's they're right. getting less revenue per call because of what's going on. But uh, this, I guess, is another segue for conversation is don't wait until October or the first of the year to change your prices. If you're sucking eggs right now financially and not making as much money, you need to change your pricing. All right. To recoup that, which you really can't in some degree. <laughs> people are gone, but uh, you need to to pay attention to your business. Anyway, speaking of business, let's bring Tom on. He's fabulous. And uh, I think everybody's going to enjoy his perspective about public companies in the funeral and cemetery space. Hey, everybody, we welcome back Tom Anderson, who is the author of the Funeral Director Daily. He's uh, been around our business and really does some great uh, analysis of public companies in our space. And we just recently, finally, I think, compiled all of the public company second quarter's earnings. So why don't we just turn it over to you, Tom, and you share with us your insights. 
I will. Thank you, Jeff, and, and hello, Ryan. Um, the one correction I'll say there is we, the quarter we've got is from April, May, and June. A couple of companies are on a fiscal year. It is their third quarter, but in general, it's our second quarter. Um, I think what I can tell you about the public companies is that back in April and May, we wondered what's going to happen in this first ever full COVID quarter. And the prognosticators said the large companies will probably have more deaths, they'll lose some revenue per case because the uh, people can't get in to, to have services and things like that. And I think when the numbers came out, that's exactly what happened. Um, mm. you, you look at the, the companies like SCI and carriage services, they're virtually identical. And, and, and now Park, Park Lawn also in that they had more cases, but their revenues per service were down. Um, so in the public company, you know, realm, that's pretty common. Many times I look for the public companies to shed some light on what's happening in, in the, the rest of North America. And in this case, it's not always true because the public companies have these, what I would call the law of large numbers. They've got funeral homes all over and that happens. A lot of places in, you know, America, they were not hotspots. So they ended up having the normal number of services, they, but the revenues were still down because of the no gatherings. So my, my guess is that the public companies probably skewered to do better than private small funeral homes because they had this, uh, this large number of, of places. Sure, and I guess when you spread out your risk, uh, different parts of the country, as you said, then certainly that makes a big difference. And if you're uh, pretty much in one smaller area, then you live or die literally by what's going on there. But I think the revenue for all is, is true across the board that we're seeing that, you know, families are, again, for the most part, are not able to come in and do services and other things or putting that off. But what I find interesting that we'll see off of this third and fourth quarter are the people who've passed during this COVID crisis, would they have passed during that forward time period? And so is there going to be a significant dip in death? You know, do we recover back off revenues? Do funeral homes actually go out and change their GPL pricing based on poor performance? Uh, it'll be an interesting uh, finish to the year. It's, a, it's an interesting concept because Tom Ryan of SCI, the CEO, actually brought that forward in his comments saying, uh, I think he called it a pull forward when they have really, really bad flu seasons, they have seen the later months of the year, the, the, the following quarters be a slightly less. And uh, we may see that, especially since it appears the COVID statistics, many, many people that are dying of older ages. And I think where it'll probably find, you know, ramifications even more is in the casket companies. Mm -hmm. uh, Batesville, and the Aurora uh, brand of Matthews had increases in their casket sales for the first time in a long, long time. And so I, I wonder if we'll see a pull forward effect in that where they go backwards. 
Yeah, and interesting too, that's a testament to uh, burial. You know, obviously uh, a lot of their business is predicated on selling those caskets. So you're right, this is, uh, along with everything else that's happened in 2020, uh, we're gonna see phenomenal, interesting results coming out and how far does it last into the future? Uh, we're seeing that with uh, conventions and everything else. So right now, I think it's an exciting time to be in the business just from an observer, if nothing else. Yeah, and I, I, would, I would also point out when I look at the, the larger public companies, it seemed that they, um, their cemetery side of the business did much better in relation than their funeral home side, which, which makes sense in that the at-need portion, if people pass away and are going to be buried, they have to buy the cemetery spot. Sure, sure. Um, I think you will also see SCI is one of, SCI and quite frankly, Stonemore, which is a cemetery company, came through and had um, pre-need cemetery spaces increase, the pre-need. And I think that is a dynamic that they understand cemeteries and they're able to get leads off uh, what I would say companion sales of people who mm -hmm. died and buying pre-need and going to the spouses and families. And I think because there was more deaths, they were able to turn that into more pre-need cemetery space. I agree. And of course, the topic is obviously death has come to the forefront as COVID could strike anyone. So I think uh, people considering their own mortality, thus pre-need, thus thinking about it, even younger folks, that um, this is a conversation we didn't expect to have uh, in 2020. I think, I think that's true. I think, uh, I think we'll see pre-need companies probably start marketing to a younger age group. Uh, I, I know there was a, some type of infatuation too with, with death and, and uh, even young people wanted to have order, their orders put in place because they were concerned that what if this happens to me, even though I'm only mm -hmm. 35, I wanna leave a mark, a memorialization mark somewhere. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. We've, we've seen an increase in historically, June, July, August are really bad months for, for pre-planning. So we've actually seen an e increase in pre-planning through our social media clients with, with funeral homes. Um, having great success lead driving right now um, in a time period where typically they're historically just pre-needs non-existent, you know, during the summer months. So uh, it, it's, it's interesting how the, the conversation has shifted as we've, you know, thought it, like Jeff said, our, our own mortality has kind of been brought to the forefront. And um, so, I mean, for, for the death care space, and, and the profession as a whole, I think there's some things that, that have been positive of, of bringing that conversation forward and, and people understanding the value of a service because that's been taken away from them and understanding the importance of having that conversation for something that's unexpected. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting going forward the rest of the year to see how things play out on, on, a, on a public scale. And uh, I, I I tend to agree with you, Tom, that I think that we can kind of foreshadow the rest of the profession based off of the report from the public companies and, and what they're seeing. Well, I know when I, when I was running my funeral home, I used to always uh, buy public company stocks simply so I'd get their quarterly and annual report. So they weren't a lot of my time. It wasn't the internet. You had to get them by mail and everything. And, and I used to, you know, check my average 
you know, sale with what their average sale was. There, there's certain dynamics in there that you can see and, and you can and uh, work on. And I, I think it behooves any private operator to really, really look at what's happening in the public companies. Uh, Ryan, I, I agree with you that pre-need is out there and it's the companies that can figure out how to make that close with the pre-need customer that are gonna get the pre-need. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, Tom, we appreciate you having on this morning. Uh, I know you're probably preparing for an afternoon golf session. Uh, <laughs> we have to play out here in Arizona, tee off about 5.30 in the morning so we don't die or cremate it on the course by noon. <laughs> I, I, I do get out in golf and I appreciate it. My, my COVID world is kind of either at the golf course or at home. I don't do much, much else, but um, I, yeah. I appreciate you guys out and giving you some updates whenever you need them. Yeah, and look, uh, for all you FNers out there, uh, I have to tell you, Tom's articles daily uh, are fantastic. If you don't uh, subscribe, I think you really need to. And uh, we'll see if we can boost that as well, because I think you do a wonderful yeah. job and have some wonderful perspectives about our industry. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Thank you. All right. Well, have all a right. good round. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Tom. All right, Ryan, that's a great interview. Uh, we've got our folks at Plot Box. I keep seeing their uh, organization just doing some wonderful things. Uh, they're looking for someone here in the U.S. I believe in sales. So if you're interested, uh, reach out to the team at Plot Box because, uh, frankly, I don't think there's any better people in their space out here. That's right. That's right. They're doing fantastic things, and we're we're in a virtual world. We can't deny it any longer. Um, it, Online is how we have connected dominantly for the last six months. So uh, that's not going, we're not going to rewind when things are back to whatever normal is. Uh, so you got to embrace it. You can't deny it any longer and you got to jump on board and you got to do it right. Like just, just setting it up and automating everything do, isn't doing it right. And, and it's not going to help you win. So that's a different show. All right, commander uh, episode 201 in the bag. And uh, until next time, have a great effing week. Out here.